In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, You who are everywhere present and fill all things, Treasury of all that is good, Master of life, come, dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. Well, we're going to go on now in chapter 16 of John's Gospel, uh, which, as I was saying that prayer, I was thinking, so much of what we're going to do today is all about the Holy Spirit. Because, as I've mentioned before, there are five times in these discourses, from chapter 14 to 16, where our Lord talks about the paraclete. And I've already explained what a paraclete is. Now, somebody who comes in a situation of legal contestation uh, and uh, helps, counsels, supports, sometimes even intervenes with the judge. Uh, that last sense is the one we find in uh, the first letter of John, in chapter 2, where it says, and we have a paraclete, Jesus, the just one, because there he's interceding for us. Every other time the word paraclete is used, it refers to the Holy Spirit. So that's where we are now. So, we've uh, just finished um, this text about um, how the Holy Spirit will give the believer sure knowledge that the world is wrong. And the world is wrong, you see, about sin, about justice, and about judgment. That's what we did last time. Now the text begins in verse 12, again, about the Holy Spirit, but a whole other dimension of the Holy Spirit. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. They're too much for you now. Why? Because after my death and resurrection and outpouring of the Holy Spirit, your spirit will be strong enough to get it. Not now. But when he comes, the Spirit of Truth, that's his title, Spirit of Truth. Now in John, this word truth, aletheia, nearly always refers to that revelation of the Father made in and through Jesus Christ. So the Spirit of Truth is the one who makes the reality of Christ all that it really is. And so in the Lord, we see the Father, as he promised. The one who sees me, sees the Father. There is nothing more beautiful, more exciting, more life-changing in the world than to come to know the Father. There's nothing, nothing that compares to that. Because your spirit goes and you know there's nothing beyond this. There's nothing beyond any of it. But all of a sudden, it's the Father, the Principium Deitatis, the theologians say, the principle even in the deity, even though they're all equal. He's the source phones. So when you know the Father, that's all there is. There is no more. Nothing beyond him. This is it. And he's so beautiful, so truthful, so compassionate that your heart just melts. And that's the work, you see, of the Holy Spirit to render the witness of Jesus alive in you. 
That's why he's called the Spirit of Truth. Because the truth is this living knowledge of the Father as conferred upon us by Jesus Christ, who says, I am the truth, because he is the truth. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of the revelation of the Father. Pray for that. Pray for that. Ask the Lord, you know, show me the Father. You know what Jesus will say, huh? Listen, if you see me, you see the Father. Well, then let me see you. Let me really see you. Because when I see you, I will see the Father. In faith. This is in heaven. But it's very important that we realize to what depths or heights or whatever we want to say, the Lord is inviting us, just regular old Sunday golfers, uh, to be faithful to him and to come to know him. Now he starts to tell us about the work of the Holy Spirit. See, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. That's before the resurrection. says it to us too. You can't bear them now, but if you stick with me, you will bear them. And your heart will sing. Even if you're suffering, your heart will sing. That's the mystery that the saints unfold for us. You see? Because it is such an ineffable, beautiful. There's affection in God. I don't know any other word for it. There's affection for, in God. They love each other with affection. It's, it's, it's warmer than love, what we mean by love, you know? It's infinitely beautiful and powerful. And the most noble, most pure, the most intense affection we can know is a tiny glimmer of that affection. And that's what the Spirit of Truth does, you see. He will lead you in all truth. For he will not speak on his own account, but at whatever he will hear, he will speak. Isn't that beautiful? You see, he's like telling us about the Trinity. You know, St. Teresa of Avila tells us in her works, and one day the Lord came to her and he spoke to her about life in the Trinity. Just explained it to her. When she was, he was done, she writes, and this I believe is what they mean by theology. And it is what they mean. See, she read the Fathers of the Church because in her day she couldn't read the Scriptures. It was forbidden to read translations of the Scriptures because all the heretics were making them and all of that. So she read the trans, you know, she read the Bible via the Fathers. And the fathers always say, Theologia, you see, is uh, this living knowledge, you see, uh, of the Trinity, and discourse about the Trinity. So he will lead you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own account, but whatever he will hear, he will speak. Who's he going to hear it from? The Father and the Son. And he will declare it, you see. And things that are coming... He will make known to you. Now, I've never seen this anyway, but I'm pretty convinced I'm right. <laughs> if I'm wrong, well, I'll find out one day. This is not only talking about prophecy of the future. It's talking about heaven. What's really coming? Not the financial crash or this or that or the new election or whatever. What's really coming is heaven. That's what's really coming. And so, 
He will make those things known already to you. Hard to explain. You see? He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Now, this is our discourse from Jesus about the Trinity. You see? It is so beautiful. The Spirit will glorify me because he takes from what is mine and and will make it known to you. Good. The next line. All that the Father has is mine. It's wonderful to be introduced even a tiny bit into the infinite fire, love, affection, and selflessness of the Trinity. One of the great philosophers or theologians said, the Trinity is subsisting altruism, subsisting otherness, you know, other-oriented. From all eternity, that's who God is. So we don't have to be afraid of Him. Even when we've sinned, look at that parable our Lord talks about. The father sees the son from a long way off. He goes and hugs him. The son has his speech prepared. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. He sure has. I am not worthy to be called your son. He never gets that far. Quick, put on the robe, put on the ring, all the signs of sonship, sandals on his feet, slaves are barefoot. My son has come on. I often think I'm going to rip that page out of the Bible. So when I go to see the Lord, I'm going to say, look, this is what you said. I won't have to do that. He knows very well what he said. Uh, and so, all that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will receive what is mine and make it known to you. Because the Father gives me everything and I give it to the Spirit. Now the theologians work on this, you see. Does the Spirit proceed from the Father and the Son or from the Father through the Son? And, uh, well, we're not going to get involved in that right now. But it's a subsisting altruism, this glimpse. The heart of it is when the Father talks to us. You see, when the Father shows himself to us. Something happens in the depth of your spirit. There's two things that mark, I don't know how to put this exactly, our, our journey toward God, which is always under the movement, the aegis, the activity of the Holy Spirit. You see, first, when we know the Father, all fear of a deep kind falls away. There's nothing behind the Father, and He is pure reliability, pure honesty, pure truth, pure whatever you want to say, pure love. And that's it. And the second is when we catch a glimpse, again, what are words? Catch a glimpse of the affection in the Trinity and how that's shared with us. A divine affection. It starts with this gift that the Holy Spirit gives us. You know, because we are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts crying, Abba! So we know the Father. And we say Abba with our spirit, even if we don't say the word Abba, or maybe we do. But it's to have a divine affection for God the Father, which reflects, answers, gives back 
the divine affection he has for us. And that's all in Christ, moved, illumined, made real by the Holy Spirit. You see? And so the Lord is telling us how the Trinity wants to relate to us. Let's go over just a bit of it now again, because even though we're not making a lot of progress, we are. We have to understand this, and the Lord wants nothing more than to have us understand it. What does that mean? Pray. Fight for a prayer time every day, at least a half hour. Fight for it. There's nothing going on in this world that's going to help you remember God. Did you ever pick up the newspaper and the biggest headline there, the most important thing that happens is another war started or something? No, the biggest thing that happened is God so loved the world he saved it. That's the biggest headline, but it's never there. That's the truth. And so, this is the role of the Holy Spirit, you see, to give us that uh, divine affection for God the Father. Oh. So Abba just doesn't become a word, Abba, Abba. You see, it becomes this revelation. And then we see, the Holy Spirit, see, it starts with Our Lady. Our Lady makes us supple and docile to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit forms our heart to be like that of Jesus. And as that happens, we are crazy about the Father just the way He is. And that's how the revelation takes place. You see? So this text is so beautiful. I might read, I brought it along, to, whoops, uh, to read just a bit um, this is St. Thomas commenting on our Lord's words, the words we've just said now. I just thought it might be good for you to uh, hear how this great saint and mystic and theologian talks. He says he will teach all truth because he will glorify me in whom is all truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In whom that is in Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge from Colossians. He will glorify me. Listen to what he says about this. That is, give a clear knowledge of me. He will do this by enlightening the disciples, for they were still carnal and attached to Christ in a carnal way, that is, in the weakness of his flesh, not realizing the grandeur of his divinity. Well, we'll stop now and uh, then begin from there. <clears throat> 